Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a brand new sign-up offer for our listeners. Bet $1 on any team and win $100 if that team scores a touchdown. That's right. All you have to do is open a new WinBet account, deposit $20 or more, and bet $1 on any team within your first 10 days. If that team scores a touchdown, you win $100. So if you haven't signed up for a WinBet account yet, Take advantage of this offer today by clicking on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's start the show. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBet. This is your week eight college football betting recap and week nine look ahead. I'm stuck in with me as always is Colin Wilson. Ready to uh, talk about a, a losing Saturday? Always nice to do. <laughs> well, we say all the time that the three and 11 days are coming. I mean, from a record standpoint, it was like eight and 13 for me, but it was like minus six units with all of those units being attributed to like dumb shit happening in the last second. Like what is Steve Adazio doing with his special teams? What is going on with Fresno state football? What is going on with central Michigan football? I mean, these are some really crushing. I mean, they just tear your entire day apart. I mean, if you're wrong on UCLA and you take a loss, fine. But some of these other shenanigans is just like, it's just kills your day. Oh, yeah, I had a losing day. I think I finished like nine and 11 or 10 and 11. But that, that includes the round robin pieces, which splits. I think I was like uh, six, seven and eight. So it was just a middling day. But, you know, I, n- none of the breaks went for me, but I didn't really deserve that. I mean, Tennessee deserved to cover a million times over again. I mean, come on, Josh Hype. How many fucking times that Tennessee team just going to find ways to not cover at the end? Was it a seven point game in the fourth quarter? 
They'd punt. They they go for it on fourth down at their own 20 with four minutes to go, and then Bama scores. And then they decide to punt on fourth down at their own 20 with three minutes to go because now they're outside the number. What a joke. But, like, the two-point conversion with uh, – like, Nevada. Nevada to win the Mountain West. You got screwed by that. And then I wanted to go to overtime. They can't get the two. Georgia Tech decides to go for two when I'm plus seven. They don't get the two. Didn't really deserve that. And then we got um, refs taking – Refs taking uh, touchdowns off the board from taunting. Oh, my God. That was outrageous. Uh, but I think overall I deserved a losing day. I'm still not – I feel like I'm getting closer. We'll see. There's still results that I'm like every week. I'm like, what? So, the just the, the oddness of last year, it's just trying to get these right. I mean, there's the one thing that I know that stinks is Clemson. Um, by the way, New Mexico covered – they won outright at Wyoming. There's with, a new, a, there's with, a, with a new quarterback who looked really good. It's in the notes here I got. so. Well, let's not talk about that game without uh, talking about how bad Wyoming's quarterback situation is. They scored You're saying this right after I put right. a bet in on them already for week nine. <laughs> um, well, hopefully they just run the ball. But, uh, yeah, New Mexico covered. Kansas covered. We gotta talk, we'll talk about that game. So the only two teams that haven't covered in the country as we head into Halloween weekend, Missouri. And Dabo, now I'm on TikTok, whatever that stupid thing is I always tweet. All right, let's – we'll get into – we'll recap some of the biggest games. We'll talk about it, any weekday games and any spots we have circled for next week. But we'll start off best call, worst call, bet, regret, and get that out of the way now. Best call, uh, I'm going to say Illinois-Penn State under, which hit in nine overtimes by a touchdown. Thank you very much. I'm sitting there doing the math. How is this under going to lose – in 13 overtimes with two-point conversions. Not, neither team could get a two-point conversion. So um, I'm glad for the new rule. It's kind of it's – kind of, what did you think of the new rule? It's kind of – I hate it. I mean – You got to flip back and forth, like the different fields. It's like – I really appreciate everybody's opinion on these overtime rules. But let me tell you, as somebody that has uh, – supports a team that has had six overtimes, six overtimes, and seven overtimes – and all those records that got broken yesterday came against Arkansas. I think it's bullshit. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Now, I don't know what the answer is somewhere in between. It's like you don't line up and do field goals. I don't think you adopt the NFL model. But that was sad. That was like like you needed to take a horse around a, a woodshed and put it out of its misery and shoot it. I mean, and Sikowski, like, breaking his wrist. And it was just pathetic. I mean, like, it was the most pathetic two-point conversions I've ever seen in my – and I thought it was just going to go on forever. I thought we could be in the hundredth overtime before – did anybody think about running the ball? Like, I, when is Dotson going to touch the ball? I mean, I couldn't believe how bad it was. And it, I think really the, the takeaway from that game is Penn State losing, like, their star defensive tackle. Like, that allowed – I mean, Illinois had a great day from the offensive line standpoint. But, like, you know, Penn State was down, like, their biggest player on the inside interior. So, I, I the, the game was – it was disgusting. Now, if you want to give me Texas A&M and LSU punching it in every time, that's a great overtime. But that was sad yesterday. That was gross. Yeah, the Penn State offense was the problem, too, um, not being able to score in Illinois with Clifford starting. So that was my best call. I mean, obviously, it's a little fluky because the way overtimes are now, but saying that you hit an under an under 46 by over a touchdown in nine overtimes is pretty damn cool. Um, my worst call had a bunch. Of, I mean, I, I guess I'll say UCLA, which obviously had a chance to win late, but their backup had to come in and threw a pick. They were just dominated. Like, even if they came back and won, if you look at that box score, uh, Maryland, Awful call. I hate, I'm done with the Terps. Done. Done with you, Maryland. 
And then, I mean, La Tech, they got crushed, but they had, they, I mean, they had the exact same number of yards. So it was just a fluky game. San Diego State Unders, by the way. I'll throw yeah. that there as one of my better calls. And then Bet Regret. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk Bet Regret. The club sit under. We talked about that in the live show. I, I never ended up betting that or putting it in. So that's my best call, worst call, Bet Regret for you. Yeah, uh, bet regrets probably going to be not putting more money on Oregon State. Uh, that was a definitive win. It was a down spot yeah, for Utah. And, uh, you know, they are very much in this race and the, their rushing attack. If anybody can't handle uh, the rush, they're just going to run right over them. You did know, you see the block punt that I was I was tweeting about? Yeah, yeah, I did. So Two of the same jersey numbers in there. So the guy gets thrown out for targeting. If you didn't see this, Oregon State is up four, blocks a Utah punt. And I've heard all these like little things that just weren't breaking my well day. We're going to say blocks apart. I'm like, yeah, let's go. They get it down with the Utah 10, no flag. So I'm like, what are these Pac-12 refs cooking up? Let's hear it for those Pac-12 referees. The first thing out of their mouth I hear is personal foul, Oregon State equipment foul. I said, what? <laughs> the two players have the same jersey number on. 15-yard penalty first down, which meant now Utah has the ball in Oregon State, like at the Oregon State 30. I was like, what, what is going on? Now, luckily, they didn't score, and then Oregon State held on. But the Oregon State guy got thrown out for targeting, so his replacement on the punt block had the same jersey number. How these refs – how do you catch that, by the way? I mean, what are you, counting every number and looking? So I, that could have been the biggest swing or the worst swing ever. Lose on on two jer- two of the same jersey numbers. But I digress, Scott. Well, I think best call, I'll take, I'll put two unders in there. We are on the BBC, BBOC live show. I took a LSU Ole Miss under, thought of Corral if the injury was enough. He only took off for 12 times compared to 30 against Tennessee. I think that that limited mobility that he had changed the scheme. And what I think he might still be hurt because he was as most inaccurate as I've seen all season. So I'm sure he'll get better and he'll be fine. But that was one under. And then the other one was Notre Dame USC. And it's just, Typical USC, like, I first off, I don't think they have any direction. I think it's Kadon Slovis just taking deep shots, which isn't going to work against Notre Dame secondary. But uh, coming off of a bye is generally bad for an air raid, so I was glad to get that Notre Dame-USC under in. Worst call, uh, it's not a podcast unless I fully admit and turn in my degenerate card and say that I was wrong about UMass and Walt Bell. It was three to seven, I think, through the first quarter, and I was uh, fist pumping as I drove over to see some family in Arkansas to, to watch the UAPB game after our live show, and I was fist pumping a three-seven score. And then next thing I look, it's fifty to three. So I, I that was that was probably was terrible. It was it was a terrible. Thing. I don't know what's happened to UMass. They had something going, and then they you know, and now they have nothing. As far as worst call goes, I can't. We can't really call Army. A worse call, Christian Anderson gets hurt at the end of the first quarter. So I can't say, you know, losing that game is a is a bad call. Uh, Cincinnati and Navy kicked five different field goals. I can't say taking the over there is a bad call when, you know, it, I don't know what Navy in this, they have no clue how to go up-tempo in anything. Worst call, I don't know, Maryland. I took Maryland against Minnesota. They actually had some decent stats against the rush defense. And Minnesota just plowed through them, ran over them like it was nothing. I don't know what is, this Maryland team is impossible to figure out. And I know that they're on offense. It's just all explosive plays and no success rate. And you shouldn't be relying on that to cover games. But man, when Maryland, when Maryland does explosive plays, like you want to bet on them, like they, they make you love them and then they break your heart. All right, let's move on to voicemails here. Bad beats, back doors and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 
The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. I can't believe I'm calling you f***ing guys on a Thursday or Friday night. At least, like, work life's good. Martin, Florida, you love it. Listen, really quickly, if you've lost 12 games in a row, how small is your if you aren't able to go for it on fourth and one? No, no, no. Like, really, though. Like, you're a coach of a bunch of young men, and you're going to look them in the eyes in the locker room and say, I have the smallest in the world. I'm a coward and a disgrace. Yeah. We're talking about the UNLV head coach. It, it, it's gutless. It, it's truly unbelievable. And then the way he uses timeouts at the end, if he has that one timeout, you run a, a, a draw on 32 instead of letting your quarterback die. But again, when you don't have a p- you make bad decisions. I, I can't believe again. Thursday night calling you. It's on, it's on p- and real. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I had I had UNLV there. Not a fun loss. You miss a field, you get a field goal blocked. Then San Jose State scores a touchdown to get outside the number, take their first lead of the game, and then UNLV gets sacked in the game at the 10 yard line. That was fun. They were up 17 3 at one point. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Rebels were leading 20 to 13 heading into the fourth quarter, and then they ended up losing by seven. I mean, they had a 10 play drive by UNLV to the fourth and 22. They missed a field goal. Then San Jose State has a 50 yard run to the 15 and fumble by Isaiah Holiness uh, that they actually recovered, and then Nick Nash did the rest. It was a really sick turn for the cover. I was going to play that game with you. And I saw the, I, had, I retweeted out like an hour before the game, the Brumfield wasn't on the, on the field getting ready. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just off UNLV till Brumfield comes back maybe this week. I mean, we've been day to day for a while now. So, you know, once Brumfield's back, we're, we're back on the Rebs. It could have easily won that game. They've, they've been close. Yeah. I cannot think of a worse life than being a Tennessee fan. Like imagine betting Tennessee every game and then looking amazing to cover every game and then blowing it how the are you in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game down seven with the ball and you blow a plus 27 and a half cover 27 and you blow it pupil goes for it with no chance to get it on fourth and five in their own territory oh my god i cannot even stomach it and of course all these alabama just get their way every time. Because uh, I bet them. That's why. All right, moving on. Department of Defense, my ass. How do you give up 70 points to Wake Forest? I mean, I guess they're they're the best team in the ACC now. It's, it's just insane, Army. I don't think Army had to drive over four minutes today. Who is this air raid Army offense, and where did it come from? That, that was my they, – they, I tweeted this out. That was the handicap that I had wrong. I I mean, I said that Army would do whatever it wants on offense. I didn't think that they were going to be able to – but the, I didn't think that they would be able to just throw all over. The, I don't know. what That game was wild. I thought Army could get a couple stops. Nope. I got to give credit to Sam Hartman and those receivers. I knew once we were at half, they just had a trade score. And they obviously throw a pick six on a fake field goal. I don't know what they were doing there. But, I yeah, I, I thought they were going to get a stop or two. They couldn't get – they, were, they weren't getting a stop the entire game. So, I don't think they got one. Uh, no, they Wake had 11 offensive possessions, 10 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. And 11. That, that's like that score that Army put up on the Houston, like the 70 point bowl game that they put up on. Them. Yeah. Over half. That's a, yeah. Houston quit in that game. Yeah. Yeah. But over half of Wake's drives were explosive. Uh, but, you know, you have to ask if this Demon Deacons uh, defense can win out. I mean, Army had 42 percent explosive drives. Where did that come from? 
Uh, like the national average is 13%. They like more than triple. army average, like eight yards per play. You don't say it, that it's for a triple option offense. But And I think that's the problem is like army average six point yards uh, per rush. And, and they were only stuffed on 16 to 69 attempts. And now you look at Wake's schedule, they get a Duke team. That's actually the only good trait they have on offense is running the ball. You look at Clemson. What is the one thing Clemson can do? The only redeeming quality that Dabo has is that he can run the ball a little bit. So uh, Wake's got to clear up that rush defense, or it's going to be problems down the line. What is going to happen when Wake plays Clemson? I mean, Clemson's offense against Wake's defense, something, something's got to give. It'll be but, the highest um, scoring day of, of Dabo. He'll, he'll, he'll have the highest scoring day of, of the entire season. Yeah, but what? Pitt wins again, and now people are talking about Pitt playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> Even though they lost to Western Michigan. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoff? Yeah. Look, like you can't you can't have a loss in the ACC and get in this year. And I look, I love Kenny Pickett. I love this Pitt defense. It's just like you Pitt Pitt lost to Western Michigan at home. Western Michigan got drilled by Toledo yesterday. <laughs> like you lost at home to a MAC team. You're not going to get into the college football. I'm sorry. And you could say all these wins and like yeah, beating Clemson, like beating you were favored. It's not even that big of a win. You're favored by three and a half points. Um, like you were expected to win that game. It wasn't like Clemson was number one in the country. Um, Clemson stinks. Yeah, people. It's so weird. People get caught in their brain that they're like, it's hard for them to process that Clemson stinks. Yeah, Clemson had two ints. DJ DJ had another two gets INTs. Benched. Got he benched. gets benched. He didn't even hit half his passes. And you got to give credit to Pitt, though. I mean, they were down seven to zero, and then they fumbled, uh, and they could have been staring at a two score deficit. But Clemson goes punt, 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 pick six. So, I, I mean, the Clemson team is – they're so terrible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're staring at a possible pit-wake force. There's a lot to play, everybody. There's a lot to play out. So, not going to happen. Pit- Miami beats NC State. The ACC yep. is wild. Army couldn't have stopped my little sister's powder puff football team. Sucky, your week was a slightly losing week, but – Colin Kaepernick and his 8-13 and 13 dog grab week probably lost followers for the entire action network. Man, oh man, I remember it was about a year ago. I called in all upset over my App State plus five bet against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina intercepted Zach Thomas at the end of the game. Instead of taking a kneel, they ran it in and blew the spread. Man, if this doesn't tell you that the gambling gods don't exist, they do. App State plus three and a half, under 16 and a half. It's 27-27 going into the fourth quarter. This under is dead. Dead. And what do you know? App State fumbles on the goal line. You think it's deja vu all over again. But guess what? The f***ing gods come through. Hey, Triple C Dynasty, caca on these f***ing nuts. Uh, I mean, we mentioned the coastal. Listen, I had I had App State in that game. It was a really pleasant surprise to see them get up off the mat after what happened at Louisiana. But you know, we mentioned that Coastal had really beaten a cupcake schedule, and we didn't know you know what they would do when they stepped in in, in front of real competition. App State was five point six yards per play on the ground. They were only stuffed on nine rushing attempts. Teams that can run the ball give Coastal Carolina big problems. And, you know, four of 11 offensive possessions were explosive by App State. You didn't see that against Louisiana either. The biggest stat on the sheet was App State averaging 11.2 yards per play in passing downs. Coastal defense crumbled in third and second and long. It was it was a sight to see.
People didn't expect that. Our Triple C Dynasty guy, he DM'd me and said, what's the number again? 959 Bad <laughs> B, by the way. I, I don't know. I don't know if he called in. After the loss, he DM'd me. We might not be hearing from him. Yeah. Cincinnati team total over 37 and a half. What the f***, dude? My betting card is devastated after this f***ing debacle. Can you hook me up with a, a third party that uh, can buy kidneys or any other organs? Because I just got smoked this weekend. I f***ing hate Dave Doran. Hated us. All right. So, I mean, for NC State, I mean, Dave Duran, I mean, he was down by four. He has first and 10 at the Miami 18. It eventually turns into a fourth and 15. And he kicks a field goal with five minutes left. Down by four, he kicks a field goal with four minutes left. And his decision was based on the fact that he thinks that he could have got Tyler Van Dyke in Miami to go three and out and get another drive within two minutes. Well, he was correct. They did that. Miami went a three and out. And then NC State got the ball back. But with, you know, they couldn't even get a first down under three minutes to play. They couldn't even get a first down, you know, NC state. I mean, they could beat wake on November 13th. They could still make the ACC championship game, but you know, I think the more important thing from that besides Dave Duran kicking a field goal down by four with five minutes in the fourth quarter is that Tyler Van Dyke went 25, 33 and had four touchdowns and no INTs. There was no offensive turnovers. I mean, that's what you're looking for out of Miami, right? You want a clean stat sheet. Uh, he had six passes over 20 yards. Uh, hey, let's, uh, Let's think about betting on Miami here. The U is back. All right, moving on. <laughs> Miners last week just won as a plus 220 underdog. Miner mother after nation. We didn't even look at the plus six and a half, just straight money line. Once again, me and my friends have been swimming in a pool of cash like Scrooge McDuck on DuckTales, right? The miners are going bowling. Our dogs are excited. And minor mother affination is going to beat Meet Meep and get into the national championship picture. You guys better come down to El Paso because we're going to be representing the whole mother effing week. All right, yeah, I'm going to see if we can make that trip, by the way. Um, when is that game? That game is on November 6th, coming up here pretty quick with a projected spread right now of UTSA minus 12 on the road. Let's see, I got to check flights to El Paso. So we're going to have Pitt and UTEP in the college football playoff. I'm all for it this year. <laughs> I'm at Fresno State right now. We didn't cover minus four for God knows why. But what the are we doing here, dude? What the actual are we doing here, Fresno? We're, we're minus four and a half favorites. Minus four favorites. And we're coming on to the last play against Nevada. UNR. I understand the great Mountain West this, this season. And, but what the are we doing? What the are we doing? Allowing this This is horrible. What the are we doing? God damn it, Fresno. Uh, that game kind of just summed up our day. I mean, you had minus four. I have a money line. More importantly, yeah, I, I had a money line in, in the ends too. But more importantly, I have them to win the Mountain West. That, that's I was more worried about. But, yeah, no, Fresno is brutal. They deserve to cover and didn't. Listen, I got two things to get off my chest. First, let's talk about this Red Raider offense. <sighs> just abysmal. Team total, 29 and a half. 24 points going out into the second half. Dud. Next, 
Chippewa offense, minus six and a half. Looked strong, looked amazing. Through the first half again, what's going to stop them? Play calling, as it always does. Upset by Northern Illinois at home. <sighs> Another bad Saturday in the book. Yeah, I was such. I mean, Northern Illinois. This team every week is getting lucky and lucky. Every win by one point, one two points. It's unbelievable. We'll, we'll be able to fade them here shortly. I just want to say a quick f- you to Jack Plummer and whoever's calling plays for Purdue and thinks it's a good idea to run him out on first down and run the option every f-ing time in the second half when you have negative twenty rushing yards on the whole day. I just don't understand the the, the thought process there. You have O'Connell who's obviously throwing interceptions because he's in third and long every f-ing time. Just doesn't make any sense. Jack Plummer, f-ing offensive coordinator, f-ing head coach, f-ing the whole state of Indiana. God damn it! Purdue had – how many turnovers did Purdue have in that game? They had five turnovers in that game, two fumbles lost, three interceptions thrown, and now we're facing down a Wisconsin team that's minus three and a half in the market going, taking on Iowa. You and I have to make a decision on this Wisconsin-Iowa after they get gifted five turnovers. and Wisconsin – it's going to be funny when Wisconsin wins their division, the Big Ten, after everyone showed on, they're going to be favored to do so. They're going to be favored every game the rest of the year. What's that line right now? Three and a half. I mean, we have to take the under. You look at the 13 points by Purdue, like seven. What's the over under? 35? 36 and a half. Oh, my God. What's the first total going to be? 18? Oh, man. (laughs) What's the first quarter total going to be? I think it still goes under. You just don't. It's going to be like Army. You just can't have flukes. You you can have. I mean, Army, there was a one-yard touchdown drive on a fumble, and it still went way under. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a rough weekend. I was saying this, like. I, I like I sweat and care so much more because of, of you guys. Like I, this is once you get past the point, you know, when you have like people that follow you online, I've been posting pics for like 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. 2003, I was on covers. I was in high school. And like, there's a point where the trolls and like, they, they will get to you. some people, you they can never get over this. And it actually becomes bad for your own gambling because then you, it, it's a, a form of, putting you onto tilt and then you start betting accordingly. Once you get over that, some people never do something. It took me a, a long time to not care at all. Now I will happily just call out people. I will, then it becomes just a source of like, instead of this, this it makes this so I'll, I'll never get tired of it. I love doing it. I love sweating for all the people that I meet here, you guys on the podcast. So it, I, it, I just it infuriates me when I never don't have any winning Saturdays, when any winning Saturday, I get mad for myself for you guys. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I take every everything that I put into the app, I, not only if I bet on, but I think we have credibility on this podcast because we actually bet on it and we know that people are betting on it with us. You know, there's so many other places right now that are offering advice on college football games. If I got to watch another uh, virtual locks on ESPN, I might throw up. Uh, I doubt any anybody else has actual money on the game. Like I, I take everything that we put into the app very seriously. Like it's not a joke. Like when I put in UCLA two units, there was a comma in the wager size that I had on UCLA. And listen, Oregon was the better team. UCLA came out, threw a couple haymakers, got up 14 to zero. Oregon made the adjustments. UCLA, and maybe UCLA would have won that game with DTR in the last drive. Can't have freshmen throwing side sideline outs. Uh, that's going to get picked every time. Uh, but, you know, I mean, who knows what would happen with DTR back in that game. But give credit to Oregon for coming back. Hey, we're with you. Like, it's not like we're just frivolously throwing things into the app. Like, I mean, we have a generous size of money in there too. So live and learn, uh, take notes and, and be better the next week. And, and hopefully we can figure this thing out together.
All right, let's go through the rest of let's cover anything we didn't. Let's see that. Let's go well, the top twenty five games. Yeah. Kansas, Kansas that, unbelievable. Kansas punted once. Can we talk about that? Kansas punted once. They averaged two more yards per play on They pass. shut out Oklahoma in the first half. First half of 2014. They have more total yards than Oklahoma. They had 412 total yards. Uh, uh, what happened? I, I mean, like, should we be the ones asking what happened here? I mean, I mean, I Caleb go to Williams, are you gonna are you gonna burn that Heisman ticket? Well, I did, yeah. I mean, that 50 to one that was offered out there on him, that's going to be around for a while, unless he keeps stealing the ball from his running backs and run taking it down the field. But I mean, this Kansas team, where is this the Kansas offer? I listen, the Oklahoma defense we've known about for a long time. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that we know that anybody is able to push things against them. But I guess that includes Kansas, who <laughs> Kansas was able to generate a, a, an explosive drive. They got 60% of available yards, 20% more than the national average. Kansas got 78% two-plus first downs. They had sustained drives in almost all nine possessions. Only nine possessions. I mean, they're just Oklahoma, there wasn't many chances for Oklahoma to score. It's, uh, Unbelievable. it's pretty, pretty crazy. San Diego State gets the win, by the way, to stay undefeated. So it looks like college football playoff, San Diego State, Pitt, Utah, and Georgia. That's the playoff I want. I just don't want Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma again. Oh, my God. Not this year. Alabama's defense, again, they get ripped apart. It's not an elite team. You know, Oklahoma, we've seen they're not elite. But you they agree. hold on you know, to beat Kansas. Alabama's um, going to get I don't, beat again, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, you, I, I assume agree. so. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't I, think they'll beat Georgia, but they, they could win out. Um, and if they do, they're going to go to the college football with Georgia. And then if Ohio State wins out, as they should, Ohio State, I think, should be there, actually. Ohio State and Georgia. I want to see those two teams in there, and uh, the rest I could do without. Give me some fresh faces. I don't know if Indiana is a true barometer if the Ohio State defense is back, considering Tuttle's out there, Penix is hurt. Like, there's just there's so many injuries on the Indiana side, and they weren't that great uh, even before the injury. So we'll have to see what happens with Penn State. But the offense is uh, that offense. I want to see that offense play Georgia's defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, the others, I mean. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens here. I, we I got a long way to go. Until yeah. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. All right. Let's uh, look at some weekday lines here. First down. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. By the way, Maction is coming. I love Maction. I love Maction. <laughs> We're going to have Tuesday and Wednesday night football soon. Can't wait for November. we got to close up October 1st. Uh, Thursday night football. We have two games on Thursday night, and uh, they're not what you call the most appetizing games, but maybe there's some value. Troy travels to Coastal Carolina. Cacaw, cacaw, 18.5-point favorites over under 52.5. And, and South Florida – Nah, that game goes to East Carolina. It's not November yet for Holton Hollers. East Carolina opened, I think, six and a half point five. That's up to nine and a half over under 58. Anything in either of these two games, what do you got? Well, first off, uh, geographically, they're both going to get dumped. Have, have rain. They have rain, heavy rain in the forecast. There's a lot of rain for the Troy Coastal game. A little bit less rain, but more wind for East Carolina and South Florida. So keep that in mind. You know, when it comes to Troy and Coastal, there's 12 days off here for Troy. And a win here keeps them in the hunt with App State for the division. 
I project Coastal about 15. Uh, it came out a little bit higher, no shock, uh, around 18 and a half, 19 today as we record. And, you know, the way to beat the chance is to have a solid run game. Troy doesn't have that. Outside the top 100 in line yards, 118th in offensive finishing drives, it's going to make this a really tough get against Coastal. Troy's D, though, is number one in havoc in the nation, and they're eighth in line yards on defense. So it's good numbers against a Coastal team that rushes 62%. I think the under is worth a look here. Coastal may have some long, sustaining drives like they usually do, but if Troy gets the ball back, they're not going to be able to do anything. Showers and thunderstorms, 16 miles an hour winds. I think the under is going to be worth a look here. Now, it is out at 52. It's something that I projected uh, at 56. So, I mean, 55 and 51 are key. So we'll see which way the number is going to take us. Essentially 52 and a half as we record is kind of a dead number. So I'll be watching it, but the under is the way I want to go. As for South Florida and ECU, also a chance of storms. Uh, you know, what is the fatigue level of this Eastern Carolina team? They travel to Houston, game gets in a long delay, overtime loss. So, you know, I projected it 10 and a half in favor of the Pirates. Uh, currently out right now, as I'm talking, it's moved from eight and a half up to nine. Looks like it's going to go towards the projection. Uh, you know, you can't make a statistical case for South Florida in this game. They're God awful, but both of these teams are outside the top 100 in offensive finishing drives. So a look at the under or the first half under, because it's a short week and ECU may be in, on some sort of fatigue with overtime and a delay. That's the way I'm going to look there too. So two unders, uh, maybe a first half under on East, uh, ECU USF and keep your eyes on the weather. All right. Before we move on to second down. Quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a brand new sign-up offer for you guys. Bet $1 on any team and win $100 if that team scores a touchdown. That's right. All you have to do is open a new WinBet account, deposit $20 or more, and bet $1 on any team within your first 10 days. If that team scores a touchdown, you win $100. Doesn't matter if you bet Alabama or Ohio State or even Akron. As long as they score one touchdown, which even Akron could probably do, that $100 is yours. So if you haven't signed up at WinBet Sportsbook yet, take advantage of this offer today by clicking on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, so we do have some look ads uh, to next Saturday. I haven't dug in too deep, so what's sticking out to you? Yeah, Wyoming was a team we mentioned how horrible they were, but they have some uh, extreme advantages on the ground against the San Jose State team. Uh, I project Wyoming to be a small favorite, and right now you can get them plus three and a half in the market. I've already bought in on that. Tulsa against Navy. Tulsa has some extremely strong uh, metrics against the rush, including top 10 and stuff rate. That's a number that uh, should get up into the double digits. I believe nine and a half is where I got it. I expect that to move. Another... (laughs) Western Kentucky is around 20 in the market. And I know Charlotte is God awful, but we project them down at around 13 and a half. And I, I think I've got to do a little bit of research about what Charlotte's secondary is doing. I know that there's some, been some injuries at club lit, uh, but that number is completely inflated. Also Hawaii. I mean, that's a number that I make a pick. They were plus seven. I've already seen it take action down to plus six and a half. So hopefully a seven, six and a half or six is in the market by the time this gets published against Utah State. Uh, Hawaii is one of the best teams in the nation in coverage rankings, and that's going to be needed against Logan Bonner and a Blake Anderson run offense. I don't know. Michigan, Michigan State, by the way. Michigan's what, three and a half point road favorite? 
Yeah, I mean, as far as Michigan, Michigan State goes, I mean, I make the number right on four. You know, there's not much value from a, a numbers perspective, but when you look at Michigan State's defense, 68th and rushing success rate, that's extremely important against a Michigan team that runs 67% of the time, and they're 13th in the nation in rushing success rate on offense. They're just going to shove it down your throat. Now, what scares me about Michigan State and why I probably should be putting a Michigan bet in right now, Spartans are 111th on defense and stuff rate. I'm not sure if Michigan's going to have to use their quarterback. They, they have extreme advantages here on the ground. Uh, when you look at Michigan State's defense, I mean, they're they're great at a pass rush. They're top 25 in coverage. And, you know, they're 13th in finishing drives. But none of that covers the rush. So Michigan's going to get everything they want on the ground. Now, if you, you know, turn to the other side of the ball, uh, there's a lot of explosive plays that the Spartans have been able to pull off. Uh, we, you know, kind of made fun of their schedule for a little bit. But, uh, you know, Michigan hasn't given up anything this year. They're top 20 in big play rate on defense. Uh, they're 16th in coverage. They're 7th in defensive finishing drives. That is a huge issue. Now, I mentioned finishing drives because, remember, we did a study before the season that said success rate and finishing drives are the biggest indicators of covering the spread. Michigan has a huge extreme advantage here when it comes to Michigan State trying to score points, uh, and they're going to be able to take care of those explosive plays. So I, I think I like Michigan. I'd probably end up betting it and start writing it up tonight. We will talk about that game in much greater detail later in the week on our week nine college football betting preview, which will be out late night, Thursday night. Before we get out of here, third down, just one question. Wisconsin, Iowa. Wisconsin's a three-point home favorite over Iowa. Are we betting the under 36 and a half? What do you think? I say yes. I say we're going to end up doing it. I got to dig a little more, but who's scoring in that game and how it's just like to me it's army wisconsin all over again well first off iowa's best offensive rank and i'm not kidding about this i'm staring at all of them and they're all updated they're 108th in pass blocking that's the best stat you can name any other split they're not there 125th in offensive stuff rate they're, they're everybody's behind and by the way wisconsin is the best in the nation at getting behind the line of scrimmage so iowa's not going to be able to run they're 109th. No one run on Wisconsin. 109th in offensive finishing drives. Even if they get down to the 40 yard line, what are they going to do? Uh, Riley Moss is out. Uh, you know, I, that's the one thing I think. It doesn't matter. Is. Wisconsin can't throw, so that doesn't matter. And that's the whole thing. I was going to flip to the other side of the ball. Do we look at is Graham Mertz going to try to air it out? I mean, they do run the ball 67 percent of the time, but is Ches Malusi just going to try to bull rush everybody? I don't. Ch- Graham Mertz couldn't air it out against uh, Army, who just gave up. Seven trillion yards to Wake Forest through the air. Think about that. Think about how Wisconsin couldn't throw it against Army secondary. Do you know what a key number in college football is? I'm, I'm looking at the key numbers and the like. The best key number in totals. You and I are going to try to take the total, right? The best key number in totals is 55. It hits 3.3 percent of the time, and this is in a database that goes back like 20 years. I'm sorry, 12 year span. I'm looking at it, and so. I think, let me look, count one, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. There's probably not enough data for a key number. Well, there, as far as key totals, like a key number down here would probably be 30, uh, 34 and 37. The 11th highest of all key totals is 37. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you, you, 38 comes a couple, a little bit after that, 34 after that. So if it's sitting at 36 and a half and 35, those aren't even key. So yeah. boy, if you get under 37, that's, uh, <laughs> I, we have to play. Yeah, 30. I know. I, I wanted to get 37 and a half. I was surprised it opened at the – it's a sharp open. Um, usually these totals that are really low, they usually open and then just get bet down right away. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll look into the 36 and a half. If you're listening to this and there's a 37 at any point during the week, I'm hitting it. Um, all right, that'll do it for us. Appreciate all of you listening. Thanks, as always, Colin, for joining me. It's time for us to go find some winners. It's time for all of us to get red hot and close out this year on fire. We'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out. Peace out.